Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today, a large number of prayer requests and also handkerchiefs were laid here to wish the sweat. It was like Paul, with Paul. It were handkerchiefs for the sweat which were then laid upon the sick And the Lord has seen the faith of such who have done it. It must take place and be done by faith, because only what comes from faith, God can bless. We have heard it from Abraham. He believed God. And we all know, he was 75 years old when the Lord spoke to him for the first time. And he was 99 when the Lord has given him the promise for Isaac. And he just said, next year, around this time, I come again, and then your wife will have the son. Abraham laughed, and he believed. He really did both. He laughed and he believed. And he said, to me, old man, this shall happen. One may be happy by believing, while believing. One doesn't have to be sad if one believes, as it is also seen with me sometimes. He who can believe, he who really can believe, has received a gift from God and he can get happy. Then we have here an announcement that some would like to be baptized. Also this can happen after this service. And in particular our friends in Africa, they really phoned. And the best testimony came from Burkina Faso, of that brother who arranged the meeting there. And then he experienced the disappointment that we cannot come. And then, of course, the hand of the Lord has led it in such a way that we could still get there by the stopover. Today he phoned me. He listened what was said last night here. The people are weeping and are thanking the Lord. Who, who is leading in such a visible way, blessing, in such a way. For this we are grateful. Then there were, were a large number of phone calls as never before. Everywhere the people were listening and this time even they emphasized that transmission was perfect. One could hear everything exactly. 
Then the phone call from Abidjan, the call from King Shasa, the call from Port Elizabeth, and then from Nepal, from New Zealand, from India, one moment from Chile, from Cuba, from Cuba, a mighty message. We heard everything perfectly and we understood everything the right way. We are thanking also our beloved brethren who are translating. The Lord God blesses in every language. Then again from Romania. Then once again from Tamena, from our brother Samuel. And Ezra said, phone calls. I didn't notice all of them. God is just faithful. And the last message is reaching the ends of the earth. Whether you can understand it, or not. But the responsibility which was given unto us to give the last call in the last period of the time of grace with a clear sound as Paul writes to the Corinthians, if the trumpet makes an unclear sound, who shall then go for war? The trump of God must make a very clear sound so that all who are of God and who found grace in the sight of God, that they receive the word. And in that moment where they believe it, that they get it revealed. This we have emphasized worldwide. Only in that moment where the Lord personally speaks with us, as then with Abraham, it was not by some kind of mediator. It was a direct visit, a direct speaking of the Lord with Abraham. He who only heard Paul and not the Lord, he did not understand it. Also in this time, he who only speaks of a prophet or of that prophet and perhaps says the prophet has said this and that, this is not enough. We have to find back to the word and we have to find the contact with God. As we said it many times, a man of God must join the people with God by the preaching, joining them with God so that they are not joined to a man but joined with God. Now, concerning the sermon which Brother Brenham had to bring in the, in the commission of God, 
So we believe with all our hearts, and especially I, who I, who I had the unique opportunity to see, to witness, to experience what God has done in our time. It's a vast difference to only hear and perhaps to, to say it was once upon a time. No, that one can say as Peter, we were together with him on the holy mount. We have heard the voice sounding from heaven. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Ear eyewitnesses, ear witnesses, they have a great responsibility. Of course, concerning the English language and concerning the sermons of Brother Brenham, which were, of course, printed, I have sadly, sadly here and there, doctrinally, something went very wrong. I just read one quote here from the sermon, The Rapture. And here, alone by the wrong punctuation, whether with on purpose or without purpose. God judges it. In any case, the result is a misleading. Here, Brother Branham says, in reference to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 17, a shout. And here belongs a full stop. And then comes the message. The message will forerun his coming. In the English text, they brought message and shout as the same. A shout, it is the message. And this wrong, this wrong uh, declaration, the shout is the message. The shout, but not that shout from Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4 is connected with the direct return of Jesus Christ, which, is not, which will not last for 40 or 60 years, but in a moment it will take place when the Lord will descend and will let sound forth the shout and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So, the correct thing, what Brother Brenham really said is a shout 
And this refers to what comes afterward. And we all know, as I said, the message is going on for years into all the world. But the Lord does not descend yet. The throne of grace is still the throne of grace. And the time of grace is still the time of grace. So, the last message, we give the right place to it. Namely, that it is being sounded into all the world. And that all are hearing the last call. And thus, making their decision for the Lord. In German, I wrote it beneath. A shout, a call, it is the message which goes forth first, the living word of life. It brings forth, it brings forth for the bride. We have heard the words of life, original words of the Holy Scripture. We have been brought back to the beginning, but with all the doctrines about the seven thunders, about this and that, with this we have nothing to do. Let us say it openly from this place. From this place, the word of the Lord must go forth clear, without compromise and all the world shall hear it. This is not our merit. This is in the plan of God, purposed from eternity. And as the singers have sung in the last song of the love of God, here in Romans chapter 5, We have, of course, that verse which expresses it perfectly. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad into our hearts by the Holy Ghost, who is given unto us. The love of God poured out by the Holy Ghost. By the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, There were gifts of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit, but gifts and fruits of the Spirit, they have to be embedded in the divine love. If they are not embedded in the divine love, then it can happen what Paul has written in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in verse 1, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. 
verse 8, in 1 Corinthians 13, love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And then it's being listed that everything is uh, patchwork. We thank God for the patchwork. And we know the perfect things comes, are coming. Then comes verse 13, And now abideth faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Brothers and sisters, I really believe that we have all three things, that we have faith, that we received it by God, just as Abraham got it when he heard the promise. In that moment where we are hearing the promises of God for this time, then God has given us the faith by His grace. If you all have this biblical faith, then just say Amen. Of course, certainly, sure. Then hope. We of course have the blessed hope, which is also connected with faith. Just remember, Hebrews 9, the last verse. The Lord came for the first time For the first time, he came to take away the sins. He comes for the second time to take us up into glory. And if you then read all the other scriptures, and in particular, Luke chapter 17, which Brother Brenham used as often as the word from Malachi that the Lord God wanted to send a prophet. But also this word must be understood in the right way. And it can only be understood in the right way if We read the verses which are written before verse 30 and the verses which are written after verse 30. If we we want to know the connection, the context, then we have to read what is written before and what is written after. And let us say it just briefly and openly. Luke 17, Brother Brenham, in this context, he emphasized many times verse 30, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And if we don't read before, let's say from verse 24, 
For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. As the lightning shines from one end to the other, and man almost didn't see it properly, and it happened already. And as in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, when Lot was leaving the city, then it happened, of course. Verse 29. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Now listen to verse 30. Remember verse 29. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And then night and day is written. On one end of the earth is night, on the other end it's day. Verse 31. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop, you all know the Holy, Holy Scripture. Remember Lot's wife. Verse 32. And then we come to verse 34. I tell you, in that night there shall be two on one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. It's not a process which takes 40 or more years. This is the moment, this is the period in which the last message goes forth by grace. The last call goes forth into all the world. But the return of the Lord, as written here, it will happen in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we who are alive and remain, we shall be changed. I don't know whether you can understand me a bit. All the various interpretations within the message, they, they reached such a chaos on earth as it was never here before. And if I say here, in comparison to what we looked at last night, If I just say here, in reverence before the Lord, if I just can say, all are putting up their own altar. All are doing what they like, what they wish. They don't confer with the Lord, but they are doing as they did at that time. Separating, separating, not going to Jerusalem anymore, but making their own things. If I today, under great pain, I have to say, 
This happened since 1979. And I have to, if, if I have to be very precise, I have to get precise that we received the commission by God Himself to carry this message into all the world. What, what is then with those who are scoffing about it? What is with them? And that they just say, oh, to Krefeld you don't have to go anymore. Why do you want to drive there? This is just like anywhere. As it was then. And as all who separated themselves from Jerusalem and who went up into the mountains of Ephraim to make their decision there. And if you want to read it precisely, they set priests for themselves who were not at all from the tribe of Levi. They did what they wanted. Levi. And today you can, you can go from city to city and everywhere it says our pastor is like this and that. We don't need a message. Everything very nicely ordered without the connection to what God revealed in this time. It doesn't profit us at all if we today would know what happened in the mountain of Ephraim. And also it would not profit us if Brother Brennan gets very strong and emphasizes these two tribes are no more listed in the book of Revelation because they committed idolatry and they were, loosened, they were loosening themselves to what God ordained. God had chosen Jerusalem God had ordained prophets and apostles. God has founded the church by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Everything is in, is in an order by God himself. And now we are living in the time of the restoration of all things. The divine order has to be, of course, established with all brothers and sisters and in the overall church. It has to be restored. I just will mention one thing. The, sad, the most saddest part experience in my, in my life. And last night, it reminded me on 1979, Please forgive me that sometimes I still look back and this, of course, with great pain. I listened to the message marriage and divorce. Both of us, we were listening. And with one time, there was a push on the button and the words came over the lips. Words which never never hear the prophet does not say what Paul has said. And Paul said he who preaches another gospel let him be accursed. 
These words never, never, were, never should be spoken. I never saw this tape again. And then came everything else. When I had to speak about it last night, as it was then, that a man of God, by the commission of God, he acted. And suddenly, somebody said, an angel appeared to me, and he commanded me, everything was a lie. And when these words, in comparison to Brother Brenham, and to what Paul has said, in Galatians 1, when these words were heard by my ears, it was like a, a it was like, it was like the, 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 the line was crossed. You cannot imagine what one feels. Let us say it honestly. Brother Brenham, he spoke about the women. He really said some things. And there are brothers who say, whether in every sermon or every second sermon, whether it's 200 or 300 times, that Brother Brenham somehow in the sermon he was turning to the sisters and with great seriousness he spoke. But did Paul not do the same? Did not Paul once again set forth, and Peter also? And now one question addressed to all of you, beloved sisters in Christ. One question to you. Why did you not take any opposition? Why did you not take any opposition to what was said? Because you found grace in the sight of God and because you took your place in the right way. This is, of course, the grace which God has given us, has given you, all the sisters. With everything that was taught in, in the scripture and what was taught also by Brother Benham, all you who agree with it, just say Amen. It could be a, lit, a bit louder. The brothers can hear it. Just so nice. Why do we say this? The whole world is, is in rebellion and is only attacking women. No and again no. One has to hear everything. One has to hear it with a heart which receives And then we all find our place. Nobody's getting angry anymore. No one has any opposition. Everyone is humbling himself. God, Christ, husband, wife. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And everything what Paul has written was of course only repeated. And why was it repeated? Because the end in the church must become like the beginning was. That really all are finding their place, taking it and getting blessed by God. 
Once again, I want to say it. The Lord God, may He bless all my sisters, in particular, who are, who are not offended in what was said, but who have received it and who were asking God for mercy to carry out or to live out the word. In the same way, it is with all the brothers. If the Holy Scripture says, Ye brothers, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Do you want to do it, brothers? Just say Amen. Just say Amen. Also, this inner love belongs to it. And where it is not so, there, 1 Corinthians 7, from verse 15, comes. When the unbelieving part doesn't want, then he can go. In such a case, the believer is not guilty. Everything, again, everything was left to us in the Word. And all of us, we can find our place therein. We can take it. We have the responsibility before God at the end of the time of grace to proclaim the whole counsel of God without any exception so that really all, also all ministers, beloved brothers, we can read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 14, all over we can read it, what is included in the restoration, what has to be there in the church, and what will be there. And together we are walking forward by faith, without getting weak, because we know God has the responsibility. He has given the promises and He is watching over His Word to fulfill it. In Titus, in chapter 2, Titus chapter 2, here we have from verse 11 the admonition. Titus 2 from verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. And now it comes. Teaching us teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. And then we're coming to the question, is it possible? as it was expressed in the Holy Scripture, among this ungodly generation to live godly. It has to be possible. God can work it in all of us by His grace. Our Lord said it. 
And he promised it also. In verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You shall be like people who are waiting for the Lord, people who are in expectation and who are preparing themselves for the glorious day of the return of our Lord. And as Brother Brennan, he said, in the, he, as he could testify in this wonderful experience, that he has seen the overcomers in glory. He saw them. And there he heard the words, only perfect love enters in here. Only perfect love enters in here. The perfect love is the love of God, which was manifested on the cross of Calvary. For so much God loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son so that all who believe on him should not perish but have eternal life. And then the word which we read from Romans, the love of God was poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The love toward God, the love toward the Word, the love toward one another, the love of God has a broad, uh, it, it, it reaches everywhere. And God takes care for the rest. Even the proclamation of the truth, we are not doing out of criticism. No. Or last night, we have said it, people, they made their own gods. And one just has to imagine also, Aaron, he said, this is the God who led you out of Egypt, made by men, idols. God made us. We are, of course, not making God. A whole book shows all these idols as people think it, these pictures from Prague and Bucharest and Rome, this is a made God. It hasn't got to do anything with God. These are human imaginations. Four eyes, three noses, two mouths. One should throw it away like this. One should throw it away like this. It has nothing to do with God at all. These are men who made this God. And therefore the true proclamation, God is one and he has revealed himself in all of the Old Testament. 
The invisible Elohim became visible as Yahweh and he was walking in the Garden of Eden. When the Lord God walked in the Garden of Eden, he of course didn't have four noses and four mouths. He had one nose and one mouth just as we are here today. We are made in the image of God. And when our Lord became flesh, He was man found in the fashion of man. Each one of these idols is a blasphemy of the first grade. And therefore, the true proclamation, ye my people, hear my words, the separation, the leading back to the origin, must succeed to the Lord. Actually, I want to hear your amen to it. Did the Spirit of God succeed? to give us the full revelation of God in the image of Jesus Christ by His grace? Do we have part? Do we have part in what John has written at the beginning? The revelation of Jesus Christ. You all know the word. One don't have to has to repeat it. But just to demonstrate it here what the word means there. If something is veiled before apocalypse, apocalypse, then it's the veil, the veil is taken away and then one sees what was hidden. These are the first verses in Revelation chapter 1. The apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Here you can see him. I've said it to you. When I was on the Isle of Patmos, walking up and down, weeping and praying, reading the Revelation, chapter after chapter, rising my voice to the Lord and saying, no prophet is here anymore. John is no more here. But you, who you spoke with John here, you who you revealed yourself to him, you are here, you are present. And I tell you, I was reading on and every day was a special day, a blessed day, an insight into the plan of salvation of God, into all the details. And whom did God use for it? It happened by the ministry of Brother Branham. But now, addressed to all of us, did we receive the revelation of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord? I tell you one thing, one thing more. 
Paul writes to the Corinthians, the veil is still upon the people of Israel. And only if when this veil is taken away, then they see Jesus Christ, their Lord and Redeemer. Only in Jesus Christ our Lord, the veil is being taken away, and then we see by His grace the whole plan of salvation of our God. If it was revealed to you by grace, about which in, in all these years we were speaking, and all the sermons of Brother Brenham, they are testifying of it. If you, if by the Spirit of Truth, by the Spirit of God, if full clarity was given to you by the truth, then just say, Amen. Not being taught by men, but being taught by God, by the Holy Spirit. And here, in Titus, chapter 2, in verse 14, we read of our beloved Lord, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself his own special people, zealous of good works. His own people. We are the blood-bought flock. We have become God's own possession, sons and daughters of God, born again by the divine seed of the Word, by the begetting of the Holy Spirit, who gave himself for us not sending another one, but he gave himself for us to redeem us and to give us the adoption as sons. In 1 Corinthians, in chapter 10, Paul made the comparison of them to the beginning of the New Testament church. He used it. He applied it. In comparison, you all can read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And the first four verses are testifying of what God has done on his side, how he came down in the cloud, how he was leading through the sea, how he was feeding them with the manna, how he gave water from the rock, which Moses was hitting, smiting. Then it says in verse 5, but with many of them God was not well pleased, 
for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Here we have a very important word. With many of them, God was not well pleased. They were led out by the pillar of fire, leading, eating manna, drinking water from the rock. But as we looked at it yesterday, the spirit of idolatry was in their hearts. And even Solomon, the man The, the man which God, which he, his prayer God heard in the Old Testament, and the glory of God came even down, and the consecration of the temple took place, and this man has fallen prey to the spirit of idolatry. Not, not only he has taken all the women from the various nations, No, he also took care for the idol worship. For every woman, he has built another altar. I have no right to compare this now spiritually. But is it not today the same with all the churches and denominations? Church, it's a woman in the Holy Scripture. Up to Revelation 12, Revelation 17, woman is compared with the church. Israel was at first the virgin, and then she was the woman. And the church is the woman which receives the divine seed, so that all who are part of the first resurrection, that they are being born out. And this is Revelation 12. The woman is in birth pains. And then the male child will come forth, will be born. And then he will be raptured. Everything is written, written of course, and said in the Holy Scripture. Also doctrinally, it is all... I say it in love. With all seriousness, I say it, all the churches, all denominations, they have their own rules. All are believing what they declared for themselves. And nobody is allowed to intervene. All are having their own altars. All are having their services. And all are walking in their own ways. Brothers and sisters, If we in this time are hearing the true word of God and are giving the and are obeying the, the calling out, and if we are returning to the Lord, then we may nothing take we may not take over anything of what we believed once upon a time and what we practiced once upon a time. If God makes the calling out, then there's a new, a totally new beginning. No compromises anymore. But a full new beginning is being made. And this beginning 
God made with us by His grace. And time and again, we may thank the Lord that we in this time have heard the voice of the Lord. Let me read the next verses. In verse 5, in verse 5 it was about that with many of them he was not well pleased. What do we read of our Lord? This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Two times. One time, Matthew 3, verse 17, and then Matthew 17, on the Mount of Transfiguration. And at the second time, the words, Hear ye Him! Hear ye Him! And to this we are here today, to hear Him. In verse 6 it says, Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Then we go back again to the Old Testament. Then verse 7, Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We're not standing up. We don't rise up until God's word accomplished in us for what it was sent for. And we are with our mind in the matter. We are not in the everyday life. We are here today not only bodily. We are here today with our heart, with our thoughts. Today we are fully here in the presence of God with the one desire that God's well-pleasing is resting upon all of us. Because Enoch had the testimony before he was raptured that he pleased God. Also we have to have this testimony that we please God, that we are found in His will, in His word, in His love. And therefore, time and again the admonition, neither be ye idolaters. As Brother Brenham said in the text last night, Revelation 2, the two verses, he mentioned them. And I'm asking myself, really, how it was possible that people with a clear mind, with a sound mind, have opposed the word and were holding to the doctrine of Balaam to eat sacrifices of idols. Even 
It's written in Acts 4, in Acts 15, the four musts are written, which the believers should abstain from, amongst others, also from idols, sacrifices. These were the four things of it was written, it was written, it pleased the Holy Spirit and us to, to give you not any more burden than only these four things, Acts 15. And then there were people who were just, who ignored everything, who didn't go back to Jerusalem to make their divine decision and to put their faith into practice. They are holding to the doctrine of Balaam. Shall God forgive them? God forgives them who seek refuge with Him, who believe Him. Of course, not those who oppose Him, who are not just agreeing with His words, but having their own special teachings. And here's the point which I have to say here. All special teachings are then dealt with like an idol. For these special people, this is then the main subject, namely the so-called revelation which God has given them, for instance, about the seven thunders. About these seven thunders, no man needs a revelation, because when the moment comes, and when the Lord, as the angel of the covenant, descends, then not only seven thunders, which sounded on the 28th of February, 1963, but seven voices will utter. And let us leave it there where it is. Let us leave it as it is. But if one, if one hears all these people, and all are speaking of revelation, no, and again no, the Spirit of God reveals the Word the Spirit of God has nothing to do with a religious fantasy. Interpretations are not the thing of God. But to show us the significance of the word in the original and the Spirit of God until now He led us in a wonderful way into the word of truth. It's not our merit. It's just the time in which we are living now. And therefore, we may all hear this, we may believe it, and we may experience it. Neither be idolaters. Yes, the doctrine of Balaam came in. How many doctrines in our time came in? How many? And the, the worst thing is that they are not outside, but they're, they're, they're coming forth within. As it is written in Acts 20, 
from your own midst, not outside of the message, within the message, if all these interpretations, the one is building the altar here, the other one is building the altar here, the one has the followers here, and the other one has the followers there, and all are misleading the people. This one has to say, let us emphasize it once again. I read it to you from the book of Acts, chapter 15. And I'm asking you how it was possible, how it was possible that already in the early church the doctrine of Balaam was setting in and the people forget, forgot the word. Acts 15, verse 27. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication from which, if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well, fare ye well. So, that what God said in Jerusalem, in presence of the whole church, in presence of the elders, in the presence of the apostles, that what he said, what he ordained for the church. This they put aside. And already there was one who, put, who introduced the doctrine of Balaam. And the people were eating meats offered to idols. And Jezebel, of course, she managed. It's both written of Jezebel because she was a prophetess. He caused, she caused damage. Revelation chapter 2, verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel who calleth herself a prophetess to teach. God only has apostles, prophets and teachers set into the church of teacheresses, of she apostles, of she evangelists. Nothing is written at all. But she was a prophetess. She was a teacheress and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Exactly that what the Holy Spirit decided in Jerusalem by the commission of God in the New Testament Church at the very beginning. By the Holy Spirit it was decided and by the apostles it was proclaimed. 
exactly this these two have ignored they annulled it and they misled the people of God brothers and sisters we don't want to go here into further details but God will not allow that once again a misleading comes up God will not permit that a Jezebel that a Balaam once again comes up and all who have separated themselves and who say we don't have to go anymore to Jerusalem we don't have to go to Krefeld anymore we are making our own things let me say it here in the name of the Lord in love you were misled and you are misleading others you bypassed the word you didn't submit to the word of God and you you hindered other people that they are coming to the word and thus are being placed into, into the will of God brothers and sisters if we would only know what God did at the time of Balaam at that time and also here at the time of the beginning of the New Testament I want to know I have to know where we have arrived now what kind of stand did we take how far did the Lord how far the Lord could do his work with us where do we stand spiritually then once again the climax the hindering the hindering to go to Jerusalem putting up their own sacrifices setting in their own people who are not even from the tribe of Levi who were not priests at all just as written in their own discretion they did everything if I say today that all brothers who loosened themselves who are doing what they want then in the presence of God I say it the truth and I challenge everyone I challenge that what we said now with Acts 15 what we compared here and with Revelation chapter 2 verse 14 and Revelation 2 verse 20 people at the time of the apostles they already dared to introduce own teachings and to hinder the people to mislead the people our task it is to call the people of God back come back to Jerusalem come back to the first sermon come back to the first baptism come back to what was preached at the beginning come back return don't remain in Gilgal or in Bethel or in the mountains of Ephraim or Dan or wherever something might be. 
Don't spend time with what all others are doing who separate themselves and who say probably, there, you don't have to go there anymore. If God has given the commission to go from city to city and to bring the last message, the word, so that it might be fulfilled, the gospel, of the kingdom shall be preached unto all nations for a witness. Then I'm asking you today, and this I'm asking, not for my sake, did the brothers do it? Have they done it? In the last 46 years, did they go from country to country, from continent to continent? Or did they, do, did they cause havoc in their own surroundings, making their own churches. Then one hears the word pastor in the German language. And with this group, this and this brother is pastor. In all the 50 years, Brother Rus, who lets the church greet, Not a single time he was called pastor. Not a single time he was called pastor. He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd. And he could give admonitions. But these pastors, as written, call no one father. So it's also written, you shall no one call master or teacher. One is your master. And this is the Lord. We are not called after titles. As not with the baptism. It's not about titles. It's about the name. And the name of our brother is Leonard Rus, not pastor. This is a title. Brother Schmidt was never called pastor. Why not? We are not a denomination. We cannot be the same as all the other denominations. And I say you once again, I tell you, and the Lord has given it to me this morning. I was not thinking about it before. Acts 15 was put aside. And there it's written, of course, This is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us. Of the Holy Spirit and of us. The decision of us and Holy Ghost. These the gentlemen already refused in the time of the New Testament. The doctor of Balaam and Jezebel, they all ignored it. Let me say it in a summary once again. God, at this weekend, He has given us a very serious lesson, a lesson which hurts, He gave us. And by obedience of faith, we want to take it seriously what the Lord had to say to us. No, this extra, this extra, no, here or there, separated from what God did from the very beginning. And let me say this in closing. Our brothers are now preparing 
in the countries of Central Africa, there are arranging meetings in four stadiums, in four great cities, especially the first stadium contains 22,000 people. It will be full. The people are coming to hear the word of God. And the brothers, they are doing their part to make their preparations. Who has the word of the hour? Who has carried the word of the hour into 155 countries? Who has preached the message crystal clear? Did all they do it? Who say, don't come to Krefeld? Who have made their own meetings? Their main task is to hinder the people to come here where the true word is being preached. And then one feel, where is the spirit of Jezebel? Where is the spirit of Balaam? Under a pious declaration, these spirits are at work. And then a phone call came. He will hear it in the sermon. Oh, my sons, my sons are speaking also English. And we are informed about everything. It's not about whether somebody can speak English or French or German. Today it is about whether we understand the language of God, whether we have heard the last call, whether we have separated ourselves and have been consecrated to the Lord. So, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. The Holy Ghost decided, and we decided. That's how the Apostles passed it on to us. And we abide in the doctrine of the Apostles. Acts 2, verse 42, until we are coming from believing unto seeing. Now one word to all who would like to be baptized. I know it sounds very sharp. And when I heard Brother Brenham for the first time, when I heard him the first time saying, all who are baptized in the formula in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost, they are actually baptized into the Roman Catholic Church. Because the state church of Rome, it was, that church invented this formula. It's not found in the Holy Scripture one single time, neither with a baptism, nor with prayer or anything. The only time in Matthew 28, and it's misunderstood. Therefore, go into all the world and teach all nations and baptize them into the name, singular, into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.
God has revealed himself as Father in heaven in his only begotten Son here on this earth and in the church by the Holy Spirit. In the one New Testament covenant name, Jesus of the Old Testament became Yahweh, Savior, Yahshua. Yahweh Savior. In our languages, we have the name Jesus. And so, really all, be it in Jerusalem, be it in Samaria, be it in Judea, be it in Ephesus, everywhere, be it Peter, be it Philip, be it Paul, all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore Paul could say in Romans 6, all we who we were baptized into Jesus Christ are baptized into his death. Why don't the people take these scriptures? They're just taking Matthew 28. Spending time with it and are not walking forward as Peter, who was led by the Spirit of God, Philip and Paul. And every doctrine must be established at least on at least two or three witnesses. This is the divine instruction. Also with witnesses, at least two or three should be there who independently of one another have witnessed. And this we have it. This we have in the Holy Scripture. The baptism which is taking place at this place is happening according to the apostolic pattern in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The New Testament covenant name. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Emmanuel, God with us. Please, don't. Don't think much about the subject of the Godhead. Just get it revealed. And I tell you, we have stepped upon the ground of revelation. And in all these past years, we experienced it as how the Lord has led us from clarity to clarity. In his word. And never, never we went beyond the word. If ye abide in my word and my words abide in you, then you, shall can, then you can ask anything and it shall be given unto you. Let us say it once again, beloved brothers and sisters. We have recognized the time in which we are living. Not only earthly speaking, what is happening on the earth. And on this weekend, we went not into it on this weekend. To this time we consecrated 
to what is important for us as the called-out church. Abide in the Word. Abide in the will of God. Be blessed with the blessing of the Almighty God in the faith and in the obedience. Just as Abraham was, so all of the seed of Abraham will be And let me say this here, out of conviction. At the return of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the bridegroom will find a prepared bride without wrinkle and without spot, washed in the blood of the Lamb, sanctified in the Word of God, sealed with the Holy Ghost unto the day of the bodily redemption. Nothing is left for us, only to thank the Lord our God with all our hearts for the great privilege that we may live now being brought up to date into the kingdom of God. This is grace which the Lord has given unto us. Just be blessed in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We stand up. Perhaps we sing, Oh, it is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. As we are in the presence of God, and we have to be aware of it, we are not hearing the words of men, we are hearing the words of God. And in the presence of God, we are making our decision for the Lord. We don't need any more time to think about things. But in the moment where the Lord speaks to us, then our hearts are burning. And He is opening unto us the understanding for the Scripture. And we are not bypassing any word, because every word of God speaks to us. We are examining ourselves 
We are submitting, humbling under every word and have only one desire to follow the Lord faithfully by faith and in obedience, walking on the narrow way which leads to life, which we may walk on by faith. Firstly, I would like to ask, do you all agree that we go back to the word, to the teaching, to the baptism, returning to everything as it was proclaimed from Jerusalem. Just say Amen. And all the world shall hear it. If you would like to get the revelation by, from God, just say Amen. God will give it. God will do it. We're not conferring anymore with flesh and blood. We're not asking anymore, Brother, what do you say about it? No. We're asking, Lord, What have you to say to us through your holy word? Now I would like to ask how many have a natural problem, a personal problem. doesn't matter what kind of realm. You have a problem. You have a trouble. You have a request which you would like to bring before the Lord. Raise your hand. No one is looking around. There are many. There are many. The Lord God bless you all. Please, receive it. The time has come where God answers prayers on the spot. He gives an answer and he gives us for what we are asking him. If you can believe now, receive what you have asked for. We are in the presence of God. The price is paid for. The redemption has taken place. The work is finished. Your guilt, your sin is forgiven. Your sin is covered by the blood of the Lamb. Your body is healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Receive it by faith and you can take it home. This is the day which the Lord has made. How many are ready to walk the whole way with God until the end, until we come from believing unto seeing? Say Amen. Now we are asking all who would like to be baptized that they are coming to the front. In the meantime, we will pray together 
laying everything before the Lord. And once again, we will believe. Please, don't forget the main thought of this weekend. A man of God, by, by the commission of the Lord, he spoke, he acted, the Lord confirmed. And then, what happened then? Beloved, we have heard the word of God and we made our decision for the Lord. No, never again back. Never back again. But walking forward by faith together with the Savior. This is our decision at this weekend. And as we have heard, of that what was proclaimed and taught in Jerusalem, we didn't loosen ourselves. We didn't separate from it. We didn't walk in our own ways. We stepped upon the way of the Lord. And by obedience of faith, we may walk on it, never going back. And now this last thought from the book of Acts, chapter 15, it seemed good unto us and unto the Holy Ghost. It was our decision. The Holy Ghost revealed it, and the apostles they passed it on. Also us, to us the same Holy Spirit revealed it to us and we are passing it on until all, until really all are coming to the faith, to the true faith of one mind returning and so that the Lord can complete his work on the earth with all of us. Now a word to those who want to be baptized. Who speaks German? You speak German? Beloved, just look here. Just look here. You consecrated your lives to the Lord. You made your decision to follow him. You believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for you personally on the cross. That he took upon himself your sin and that he has shed his blood for your redemption and for your forgiveness. And today, you can make the covenant of a good conscience with God. And in the baptism, you can prove that you believe with all your heart, because thus it is written. In Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The word of God is still valid. 
Receive it by faith. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding of men, may He keep your mind, your hearts, in Jesus Christ our Lord. And may it take place that after the water baptism also the spirit baptism follows. About this we will speak on later on. Let, let, let us now pray together. Let us lay everything before the Lord. We ask Brother Schmidt to pray with us. Ever faithful God, Christ Jesus our Lord, we say thanks to you for your grace and faithfulness. We are recognizing that you are still on the throne of grace, giving grace to those who are looking up to you. You are giving grace to you. You are still touching hearts. Lord, we are asking you, give us all the grace who we, who we gave the testament to walk in a good conscience before you and men. Give it to them who decide Be with them, Lord. Accompany them on all their ways. Lord Jesus, we ask for your blessing. Amen. Before we go for baptism, we ask the two sisters to sing us a wonderful song. And then we will just announce, God willing, There will be a trip in August. And here I would like to announce, on Tuesday, in Switzerland, in the city of Bern, there will be the funeral of our beloved brother, Fritz Schumacher. And should somebody be able to come, All are invited to come. Also him, I knew him for 34 years. Faithfully he came to Zurich. With 86, the Lord called him home into the heavenly glory. To him be the honor. Just remain standing. Mein Gott, ja. Wer gleich blutet, o oh, die Sünde, soll sie werden weiß wie Schnee. Wer gleich blutet, o oh, die Sünde, soll sie werden weiß wie Schnee. Und was so rot die Schar lacht, soll wie Wolle sein. Wer gleich Blut rot die Sünde, wer gleich Blut rot die Sünde, soll sie werden.
soll sie werden, weiß die Schnee. Hört die Stimme, die laget, o bekehret euch zu Gott. Hört die Stimme, die laget, o bekehret euch zu Seine Treu ist groß. Hört die Stimme, die ladet. Hört die Stimme, die ladet. O bekehret euch zu Gott. O bekehret euch zu Gott. Er Vergibt Übertretung und gedenkt der Sünde nicht. Er vergibt Übertretung und gedenkt der Sünde nicht. Kommt zu ihm, ihr Müden, denn bei ihm er vergibt Übertretung, er vergibt Übertretung und gedenkt der Sünde nicht, und gedenkt der Sünde nicht. Amen. Amen. Weiße gewaschen als der Schnee. White as the snow. Washed as white as snow. That's how it is written. And that's how it happened. Brothers and sisters, just briefly, remember us. Brother Tati is here. We will start the journey to Central Africa, to Gabon, and then to the DRC, and then to Zambia, and then, God willing, to Johannesburg, just as the Lord leads. And I've said it before, everywhere are stadiums, they rented stadiums. Remember us that the word of the Lord is reaching the last ones. Now the question, have you been blessed at this weekend? Did the word speak to us? Did we make the right decision together with the Lord? Remember, with that decision which we are making here, we will appear before the Lord. May it be the right decision. We are giving you greetings to Paris, greetings to Brussels, greetings into all the cities, France and Belgium, Switzerland, Austria, Romania, Italy, just into every tongue and nation. Special greetings to Uzbekistan, special greetings to the Czech Republic, 
Poland, Slovakia, our friends from Slovakia. God bless in Italy. May he have his way all over. The moment has come where also the ministering brethren should find themselves by one being baptized into one spirit, into one body by one spirit, so that the divine order can take place in the divine harmony. The Lord promised it and he will do it. Nevertheless, I have the impression that we once again thank him, just thanking him together, just as you feel in your heart. Beloved Lord, you ever faithful God, we are thanking you with all our hearts for the word, for the word which went forth from Jerusalem, for the doctrine. Beloved Lord, we are thanking you. Bless all. Lift up thine countenance over all of us and give us thy peace and thy blessing. Be with all. Also all the prayer requests, all the prayer petitions, also that in Czech, Czech Republic, we are bringing it before you. Bless beyond what we can ask and beyond what we can understand. I thank you that you opened unto us the understanding for the scripture. Blessed and praised be thy wonderful and holy name of Jesus. And all the people said, and all the world Worldwide, just be blessed in the name of the Lord. This is our day, the day which the Lord has given unto us. We may be happy and we may rejoice, giving glory unto Him. Once again, let us sing, this is the day. And we ask Brother Eric Schmidt, we'll ask him, to administer the baptism today. Brother Schmidt, please come to the front. This Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace and your faithfulness for this day which you really made for us. Lord, I thank you with all my heart that we who have been baptized already, that we recognized the day of our visitation. And I thank you with all my heart that also now the souls which are standing before you now are making the step of obedience 
It's for them the day of salvation. You received them. And they received the salvation that you have sent. I thank you. That we may follow the example from Jerusalem on every step. I thank you, Lord, with all my heart that it's not the earthly Jerusalem, but your word which went forth from Jerusalem and also what has reached us. I thank you with all my heart that we may be obedient in all things whatever you are requiring of us and your yoke is easy and your burden is light and with joy we may walk on this way doing every step in obedience I thank you from my heart and may when the baptism is done not only in the water may we not only be wet but let your Holy Spirit come into the hearts and let them be filled And not, not only those who are doing it to, today, but that all of us, all of us who we are gathered here, that we are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And everywhere where your bride has assembled, where your bride has accepted the word, that you may fill each one with your Holy Spirit so that we all can say Maranatha. Lord, come soon. I thank you with all my heart. And I praise your holy name. Amen. Praise, honor and glory. Let us sing. We say, He blessed us. Amen. His grace be with you. Until the next time. Those who want to be baptized are going with our brother for changing clothes and we go to the water. Shake hands with one another. Wish one another God's blessing. The Lord be with you. Amen.